Hear now this reading from the epistle letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 12 through 25. Listen now for a word from our Lord. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I tell you, preaching what Paul writes is always interesting. Because if you look at this passage, I could probably identify a hundred sermons out of this one passage. There's not just one simple message in there. It's complex. Because Paul was complex. I always thought it'd be fun to meet him. <clears throat> Maybe someday in glory I will. But it's interesting, interesting to me how his brain works. So as I was researching and reading commentaries and praying, I'm like, Lord, what... What part do you want me to concentrate on? What part do your people need to hear? And the weirdest thing happened in prayer is that I would hear the marvelous hymn, Blessed Assurance. That was the answer? You imagine how confused I was? I said, okay, Lord, what message do I preach? And the, the hymn would come to me, Blessed Assurance. I thought, okay, I'm going to figure this out. But when the blessed assurance would play. You know how things get stuck in your head, music? So for the last week and, or more, I've been hearing blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, over and over, stuck in my mind. So I kept saying, okay, Lord, what, what is the message here? And so what God did lead me to is I kind of pulled back. Instead of looking at all the details, I looked at the passage from a, a higher viewpoint, an overview and that's when it hit me. This is about our sanctification process. 
But you know what else came when this, this blessed assurance came to me every time I asked about this message? It brought back fond memories. I grew up in Fort Worth. I grew up in the church. I went to what's now known as University United Methodist Church in Fort Worth. Back then it was called Matthews Memorial United Methodist Church, and I think that's why they changed the name. It was so long. But I loved going to church even as a little kid. And what would happen when I would go to church and I would listen to the pastor, we all called him Brother Nick. Brother Nick was there for years. And when I would, even as a child, I'd sit there, there was this, this, uh, this essence in my soul that always spoke to me and said, this man is speaking the truth. And that happened all the time. And when I was 12, I was confirmed in that church and Brother Nick taught our classes and I was baptized at the age of 12 by Brother Nick. So all that came back for me and, and then it hit me, blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, it's the grace of God over us. God provides a blessed assurance to us of God's presence and love and mercy, God's grace, God's desire for us. Now, we moved away from Fort Worth when I was 16, and you know, Brother Nick was not anybody I interacted with much more than that. I was a typical kid. I wasn't some little wonderful wonder kid running around, you know, going, oh, Brother Nick is wonderful. But as I became a teenager, I was a normal teenager. I remember sitting in the balcony, not paying attention. And we moved away at 16. And then years later, when I had two small children at that time, my husband got a job in Fort Worth and we moved back. And we went to a Methodist church, a different one, because we were living on a different side of Fort Worth. And we went to Overton Park United Methodist Church, and I walked in one Sunday, and we're sitting there, and I look, and there's this older gentleman over there. I went, I know him. And when I got the full face, it was like, oh my gosh, that's Brother Nick. And he and I kind of looked at each other, and after the service, I went up to him, and I, had, I just had this compulsion. I had to tell him. And I told him, I said, Brother Nick, you have no idea how important you were in my journey of faith. You could never have known. I was just a normal kid running around, but the Lord always spoke to me that you spoke the truth. And you confirmed and baptized me. And it meant so much to me. You were important in my journey of faith. Even when I was a teenager in the balcony looking like I was sleeping, you are still important. And that dear man burst into tears. And he hugged me. And he said, oh, thank you for telling me. Blessed assurance to Brother Nick that his life was given meaning to lots of people, whether he knew it or not. Blessed assurance. And I cried because I was so grateful I got to tell this man that he made a difference. Now those of you who are all volunteering and those of you raising kids and those of you who have families sharing your faith and you wonder if it's getting through, it is because the God, word of God always plants a seed whether we know it or not. Blessed assurance from God. I love this hymn. We sang it over and over and over in uh, at at our, the church I grew up in. I don't know whether to call it University or Matthews. We called it Matthews. I don't know whose favorite hymn it was, but we sang it all the time. And when I was a little kid, that hymn just 
I loved it, spoke to me. I was always excited when I saw we were gonna sing it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. It was wonderful. So then it all came together. The overview of this passage is the grace of God. And we Methodists, we love to speak about God's grace. We are all about God's grace. And we break it down into big, big fancy words. Provenient, justifying, and, and sanctifying grace. Now, provenient grace is, is God reaching out to us, providing blessed assurance in all kinds of ways before we know God, before we accept the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as having meaning and purpose to us, as making us children of God. It's important. Provenient grace is God trying to get our attention. And I think that was the first part of that hymn. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Do you know how hard it is for me to say that without singing? Now you can probably hear a little rasp in my voice. So I don't have a good singing voice anyway, but I'm certainly not going to now. But I know as I say these words, some of us longtime Methodists, I know you're hearing the song in your head, right? Yeah, you're hearing the music. See, no one is born a Christian, not even those of us who were raised in the church. We weren't born Christians. We're born into parents who hopefully take us and nurture us and educate us in the church. And that's why we have confirmation because at some point we have to accept our faith for ourselves. We have to say yes to Jesus. So we have confirmation and that's when we ask young people to accept their faith for themselves. We say yes that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is our ultimate salvation. It is the Son of God sacrificing for us. <clears throat> and when we take that moment and say, yes, that's the justifying grace. I call it the aha moment. It's that moment when even those of us who are raised in the church have heard this for so many years, but we have that, oh, aha moment. Th this is real. This is truth. This is important. I believe. Ha. Justifying grace. And then our hymn goes on to say, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. There it is right there. And Paul in the passage talks about us being adopted and we become children of God. We become heirs. It is the aha moment in this passage. And, and Paul says, then we cry out, Abba, Father. God truly is our Father. Once we say yes to our faith, once we say yes to Jesus, Abba, Father. That's important. It's important. <clears throat> And Paul says, and in that moment, it is the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we truly are children of God. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance from the Holy Spirit that yes, you truly are now a child of God. You've been adopted. Blessed assurance. Now, <clears throat> 
for most of us, we wish that was it, right? We say, yes, we got our ticket to heaven. Now we go on about our lives. We don't have to do anything different, really. We get to do what we want. And God's just going to bless us. That's not it. When we say yes to Christ, that's the beginning of our journey, our journey of faith. That's the beginning of becoming an heir of Christ. That is what we call sanctifying grace. And it's a long process, amen? I didn't get an amen. Amen? It's the beginning of a process of sanctification, of transformation. God wants to transform us because now we are children of God. We don't get to do what we want anymore, and it is hard, especially for some of us who are stubborn. Anybody here stubborn, like to do their own thing? I see all the heads nodding. Mm -hmm. And if anybody said no, I'd be going, hmm, let's talk after the service. Now, in our hymn, it says, perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Perfect submission. That's our process. It is surrender to God. So God's transforming love can turn us into people who look like Jesus, people who are like Jesus. Think of it as a spiritual DNA change. God is changing our soul's DNA. And it's hard. Because we want to do what we want. We want to do our own will. We also want to serve God. And there's a clash. And that is part of the suffering that Paul is talking about in this passage. That's great suffering. Because we have to surrender that part of ourselves that wants to be in control, do what we want, and yet, yeah, we do want to be like Jesus, but not if it makes us change and do other things we don't want to do. That's, that's suffering. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it is for me. And so we suffer as we are heirs. And we suffer out in the world because now we are to live in the world but not of the world. So as we are transformed, we aren't looking like the world anymore. We're going to be different. And sometimes people will wonder what happened to us. We go on mission trips. We're always helping people. We're, we, we love people that are our enemies. We become like Jesus. And it takes time. And sometimes we think, why does it have to take so long? And why do I have to suffer so much through this? And when will it end? Well, it doesn't end until you get to heaven. Because we're constantly fighting that human nature. But blessed assurance all through our life. If you read the story in the worship e-news about the, the Rwanda trip, If you have not, go find that email and read that story. Because they talk about how touched they were in Rwanda with the Zoe Project. And how they found out there were children that had not been uh, given, uh, I'm using the wrong terminology and Jenny's back there. So I apologize for that. But they don't have sponsors. 
And our, our Rwanda people could not leave. And so they sponsored the last of the children. They made it happen. And they were so happy. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. God provides those moments of blessed assurance. Yes, we're on the right path. Yes, we're doing the right thing. Surrendering to God is hard, but yes, that's the way. That's our journey of faith. And as we do this, and we're transformed, and we see the results, and we are blessed by it because we realize that it glorifies God, then our hope grows. Hope for the thing we cannot see yet, as Paul says. We hope for what's coming. We hope for the glory. In our hymn, it'll say, perfect submission, perfect surrender, that is, perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. That's where we're going to wind up. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. All is at rest. And the more we journey with God, the more we grow in our faith, the more we let God's transforming and sanctifying love change us and transform us into Christ-likeness, the more joy we have, the, the more hope we have, and the more patient we become to wait for the glory that's coming. Because we know we still have work to do here. God's not done with us here yet. God's got something for us. <clears throat> I do apologize for my voice. <clears throat> it was better earlier, so I had hope. <laughs> this scripture is all about grace. We get so caught up sometimes in Paul's details, right? Because the Lord knows Paul throws the, the dictionary at us. He throws everything at us. And so we go through his passages and we go verse by verse going, okay, I'm trying to comprehend all this. And sometimes we forget to just pull back and look at it and go, oh, the overview of this is the journey of faith. That's it. It's the sanctification process. And we have to wait with it, uh, wait for it with patience. Now, one of my favorite quotes, and I've said it before, some of you have heard, is from Mother Teresa. She always said, never pray for patience because there's only one way to get it. And truly, the journey of faith is the only way to get patience. You have to suffer to gain patience. The more we walk with God, the more we will see God's blessed assurance when we are becoming transformed. And then someday someone may come into a church and look at you and go, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much you meant to my journey of faith. You were my Sunday school teacher. You were my, my Bible school teacher. You were my VBS leader. One Sunday you helped me when my child was crying and you didn't glare at me, but you helped me. There are so many ways somebody may come up to you and go, you don't remember me, but I was hungry one day and you saw me on the corner and you handed me some money or food and you helped me. Blessed assurance. It comes from God. The more we are changed into Christ's likeness, the more we trust God's blessed assurance to work through us 
and out from us, to touch other people, to, to be reflected back to us, which gives us hope and patience. And the more we trust God's assurance of glory divine, along this journey, the blessed assurance of God gives us hope of that which we cannot yet see. And you know what the refrain of this hymn is? I know a lot of you do. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. So if you wonder, what do I do? What do I do during my journey? You praise your Savior all the day long. Let us pray. Holy Lord, we do thank you that you guide us through this journey of faith. You guide us through life. You never give up on us. You never give up on those who do not want to see you yet, who do not want to believe. You keep reaching out. You provide assurance to them and someday open their eyes to it that they will see it. We thank you for the blessed assurance you've given so many of us that we believe. We are adopted children. We are yours, and you are ours. You are our Father. We cry out, Abba. Lord, be with us in that moment when we accept you as our Savior. And Lord, we ask that you open the eyes of anyone who does not know you yet, that they will accept their faith or they will embrace a new faith that they haven't even known about. Lord, help us to be witnesses of our faith so that you can speak through us to reach others. And Lord, we thank you for all the instances of blessed assurance that you provide. Help us to always remember that this is our story and this is our song. And help us to praise you all the day long. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.